0: Welcome to episode number 19 of the Sports Nut Podcast. This is the podcast where you talk about sports and everything in it, except chess. We decided chess isn't a sport. And when I say we, I'm very thankful for that. The we part is me, Tracy, otherwise known as Holster. And the other we is, all the way up there in the northeast of the U.S.,
1: Mr. Bruce. How are you doing today, Bruce? I'm doing extremely well today I'm actually looking forward to this show And we've got a lot of good things to talk about today
0: Exactly, hockey's in full swing We had a playoff game already And we'll get into that We have uh, baseball going strong Got some pretty good even WWE stuff kind of going on there too But uh, we'll put that on the back burner And I'm going to start this off right now, right here One of the reasons I'm excited was this last weekend, training camp opened for the CFL. That's right, Canadian Football League. Training camp's opened this last weekend, so I am excited.
1: Now, I'm actually glad you brought that up because one of the things I was going to bring up this afternoon was, hey, we need to start talking about the CFL because this year I totally want to follow it. So we're on the same wavelength.
0: That sounds good. How about this? We're going to pick a game earlier on. And we're going to record during the whole game, we will record that as a special episode, it won't be a regular episode. So if you want to go back, because all the games are on ESPN2, so we can watch the game, we can kind of talk about what's going on at the same time, and all this stuff are there. And then uh, any rules people want to know about, and if you want to join us, let me know. Tracy at com, and we will schedule this. I think that'll be fun. And me and Bruce decided we're going to do the same thing next year for some hockey games. So if you want to join us then, let us know.
1: You know, I think that would that would be an excellent opportunity to get some of our fans on board and be able to talk to them as well. I think this would be a great opportunity. Uh, It's actually kind of exciting too, because you know, it sort of allows us to congregate around one game, but actually come from many different areas in the country. This is one of the greatest things we have going.
0: Exactly. So besides the CFL, we'll pick a game and uh, hockey next year. We decided we're going to at least do two that way next year. One's going to be when Dallas plays Boston. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. And secondly, we will pick a good marquee game, one of those games that you like, just kind of like, ooh, I'm just excited to watch that game, you know, whether it's uh, two high-flying offices, two young team, i.e. may leave some Oilers, or we're going to have two defensive teams, or what, we will pick a good marquee marquee matchup and we'll also pick so again if you want to join us uh tracy at podmas.com and i will let you know what when where and even have your input to make sure if we got a couple people that can't make it one game uh, we will try to do another one
1: yeah and of course this is also a good opportunity for their input as well I mean if there's a game they'd like to see or hear us cover we're totally up for it
0: so first CFL question for you do you have a favorite team or don't you care don't you know
1: Actually, it's more of ignorance. I don't know.
0: Okay. I have to say, I grew up as a little kid a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan. But about five years ago, I wanted more hockey talk. And as you know, ESPN, the Anti-Hockey Network, and any others – you know, really don't talk any. So I started listening to TSN. Uh the app I used was uh, Tune In Radio. You can get Canadian stations. And I listened to TSN, which is their Total Sports Network. It's their version of ESPN. Only it goes on TV and radio, their uh TSN, kind of like ESPN and ESPN radio. So I still listen to TSN Winnipeg. Well, they started talking about the blue bombers a lot. So three years. I did something you're not supposed to do. I changed my allegiance from the Rough Riders to the Blue Bombers. So I am now a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. And anybody that says, "Oh man," I became a Blue Bomber fan at the worst time possible when they were winning like one game and losing eighteen a year. So, <laughs> so if I was going to be join them, I picked the year where no one can say anything.
1: My question is: Is does Calgary still have a team?
0: Yes, Calgary Stampede. They are still there.
1: Okay. Uh, And let's see. There's the Toronto Argonauts, and I know there are a few others. So uh, give me a week, and I will come up with a team.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, If you want a newer team, that's pretty decent. Uh, The the team folded for a little while. It used to be the Ottawa Rough Riders. Yes, they had two, (laughs) two Rough Riders. Well, they closed down, and about five years later, about three years ago, They came back to existence, and they are now the Red Blacks, the Ottawa Red Blacks, and they are a fun team to watch.
1: I'm kind of tempted to see what sports climate is in in, uh, Ottawa because – One of the interesting aspects of it is that um, Canada on the whole has been looking, has been a viable market for a lot of these major teams. I'm glad to see that Winnipeg has come back. Um, I'm hoping that at some point, uh, Quebec also ends up with a hockey team again. So there's some exciting times to be a sports fan in Canada.
0: I'm just thinking because Quebec, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they just are in the process now of building a brand new stadium to lure a team there?
1: Yes, exactly. And they I don't know why they haven't been awarded one. To tell you the truth, I thought that when they were putting their hat in the ring, they would have ended up with the team that ended up in Las Vegas. So I was actually really surprised. I mean, you know, I think at this point, yeah, give Vegas a team, but I think the, you know, the folks over in Quebec definitely deserve their team back.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking of the GTA. No, it's not Grand Theft Auto, people. Uh, The Greater Toronto Area, um, which Quebec's pretty dang close. So if you have three teams there again, that's pretty dang cool. And everybody's like, oh, that's too close. If there is an area that can support three hockey teams, it's the Quebec Greater Toronto Area right there. Uh, Honestly, the Toronto Area, just the Toronto Area, the Greater Toronto Area... Could easily support three NHL teams. No, there's there's no doubt in my mind. They could support three NHL teams without even being an issue.
1: And it's too bad that New York can't support two. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, If I really the uh, New York Islanders, I really thought they were going to move until Brooklyn stepped up. Brooklyn kind of stepped up. Brooklyn decided, hey, you know, we're kind of changing our image. We got something kind of going on here. And they basically took one on the chin financially to bring them in the nets in. And I I applaud them for that. If they wouldn't have done that, they would have been gone. Uh, hands down, they would have been gone. And, and it was kind of sad, as rich history as the Islanders have, you know, there and what they've done and everything, just to see them, just kind of like flounder around for a few years financially. And then uh, Brooklyn, I got it heads off to Brooklyn. They stepped up and they just snatched the nets in the Islanders. And right there in the main part of their city, they got a lot of people. And a couple of the podcasts I listen to, people know I homebrew beer. And Brooklyn Brewery, uh, the guy that does that's a great businessman. He does some audio books, he does a lot of podcasts. Really good guy that kind of brought Brooklyn Brewery back. Speaking of that, try their number two. That's all I'm going to say. But um, he was big on this, too, behind the scenes to try to get lure them in and everything like that with the city. So uh, kudos to Brooklyn for getting both of them teased teams there because I, I, for sure the Islanders would have walked, and I, I, I think the Nets might have even done it, too.
1: Well, before we go too too far with them, uh, the Islanders contract actually expires this year, and there's no intention of them bringing them back. So the Islanders uh, future is very much up in the air. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was also part of the reason of what caused the uh, Islanders to change captains midship this year, because they made a lot of moves that didn't make sense to me. And so uh, I'll be very curious to see how this actually plays out. I think one of the things, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rip all over Barclays, but the fact of the matter is is that I think they've priced themselves too much. I think that they overspent on the stadium, and in turn, they tried to overcharge on those tickets. Because I looked at a couple of boxing events this year, I thought I could make a day trip down to New York, the cheapest seats were 135 bucks and that's a lot of money to sit way up there to see you know these are not marquee matchups so pricing could have cut them out at the knees we'll see how it plays out
0: yeah exactly it, it's i have heard that uh they, that area where they're at in brooklyn i heard is really nice now but you're right um if the, i thought the contract was up next year so if it's up this year they have Quebec right there as leverage, right there as leverage to get what they want from Brooklyn, or they will go back there. And now the real question is when uh, Quebec left, they kept the rights to the Nordique, kind of like the Browns did in the NFL. So if they do move, are they going to go back to the Nordiques or create a new name?
1: Oh, I hope it stays the Nordiques because... I just love the fact that we have teams that keep their original names. I think that I think it's a good move and like I said, the team the uh, the province of Quebec has been clamoring for a team for quite some time and it had to have been awful to lose the team only to see them win the cup the following year in Colorado.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but until. I have one jersey and two t-shirts and of this team. And I can say when I travel and I wear this, I get more comments on this jersey or t- these two t-shirts I have of this team than any other shirt I wear. Hands down. My wife will even say when I put it on if we're traveling somewhere. And she's like, you're really going to put that on? You know how many people are going to come up to you? It's the Hartford Whalers. It's unbelievable unbelievable how many people come up to you and you have a heart for whalers jersey or t-shirt on
1: people have a soft spot for the whale in fact i ran into a whaler fan this morning uh it was over at the gym and uh this kid and i were talking about the penguins and uh his friend right next to him says yeah hey don't forget the uh the hurricanes so we won the cup back in oh six it's like yeah it's been a long time there buddy <laughs> yeah it, it's so but uh,
0: they're still the faithful down there in the Hartford, the Whalers. So I would they will never get a team. I would love them to get a team again, but I i, I don't think there's no way. I don't know that I don't see it there. But uh, no, I could see the Whalers being named somewhere else. But uh, I think in Hartford there, I think, unfortunately, I think Hartford's done.
1: Yeah. Besides, I like their AHL affiliate, the Wolf Pack. Anyway, it sounds a little bit better.
0: <laughs> exactly so and on that note we're going to stick right here in the NHL I just got a quick story you guys can go to the notes here to get read this link they announced March 3rd next year at the Naval Academy in Annapolis Maryland outside game the Capitals are going to host the Maple Leafs so you get an outside game in March which is real late so uh that's going to be interesting, the game being that late. It can be really warm or it could have a little cold thing come in there. If it's really warm, is it going to be slushy? Is it going to be cold? It, that's going to be a unique kind of thing right there. And unless it's pristine conditions, that should favor the Capitals if the teams are halfway close as they are now um, because the Leafs are a little speedier team. And if it's slushy, that'll slow them down. Speed. Speaking of the teams now, have you heard the rumors about Capitals, about Ovechkin's kind of hanging out there, dangling, maybe traded?
1: Oh, actually, no, I did not. But I was going to follow it up with something completely different. Uh, but go on with this rumor.
0: Well, I just kind of read it today. Uh, basically, their GM was kind of asked a couple questions about their team, about this and that, and he, and somebody asked about Ovechkin, and he did not outright say Ovechkin is staying. So. It's kind of left a couple of things kind of floating out there. And honestly, I hate to say this with the Capitals. as good as they are. I they're at a prime time now for a rebuild. They have a few pieces they could trade for super high picks, really load up young, and in the off season they can sign some good veterans and trade them halfway through the year and this could be a very quick rebuild you know two three high picks uh next year's draft with some more draft picks from the traded players they get it could only be a two maybe three year rebuild instead of the four or six you normally see
1: I'm not what to think about that because I mean I've never really considered them a team that needs that kind of rebuild but um Uh, I guess I could see it. I think one of the things that interests me are teams like Chicago, who always seem to have young talent coming in at the right time, which allows them to jettison maybe some of the lesser productive um, veterans, because I know that uh, Oduya is back out in the unemployment line. So um, Hmm. I, I never considered that for Washington because Holtby is still fairly young and uh, their defensive core, you know, they're probably one or two players away from that, but, uh, you know, I never really thought about that.
0: How about this? And this trade would, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Dallas fan. Dallas has already said they are open for trading either their first round picks, you know, the 29th, 30th, they got from the ducks or the third overall. Would you right now trade the third overall for Ovechkin?
1: Well, if I'm the Dallas Stars, I am, because you've got all the players already in place. You're probably missing maybe one or two uh, key players, but, geez, there's a whole lot of offense there. And with Ben Bishop as your goalie now, you could stand a couple of attacks, even if your defense is a little weaker. Um, Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah,
0: like I said, I hate to say that just because I'm Dallas, but – and then kind of looking around other places – I think uh, the only reason I, I would say no on that is salary. I, I, I think it'd be hard for them to get that to fit in there. Although Dallas has some room, but it would be hard. A place I see him fitting and fitting well is one of two teams. One of two, one of two teams, and I think he would be a massive success for them financially, bringing people back in because it's a city and area where they want splashes. The two LA teams, the Kings and Anaheim Ducks. I could see both of them going to there, and I, th- I think if he went to the to the Ducks, that would be a nice fit. I think the Kings might want to rebuild a little more, but I think that that would give the Ducks a solid a solid place to stand, like to be one of the favorites next year in the West Coast
1: you're scaring me with this because as soon as you said a a team out uh, that could do well with him, I thought exactly the same thing because Anaheim plays a really physical game and oh boy, he fits right into that model. And if he's got a couple of other bangers on the front line with him, oh, holy smoke. That's, that's just, that's too scary to think about right now.
0: Yeah. The only reason I put LA in there is LA is same thing what they did with Gretzky. Bring him in for a name to get people in, and while they're rebuilding, and take care of him financially. They won't restructure it. They'll give him the money, and being in L.A., they can point him in the right directions to make some more, a lot more money than he would on his contract on advertising and gigs like that. So he'd make just as much off the ice as he would on, so they'll take care of him financially, just like Gretzky got And it would take care of the team while they rebuilt for a couple years. That's the only reason I say that. They have a history of doing that. Uh, So that's why through, you know, the other uh, California team, I guess more than one, two teams. But uh, that's why through the Kings in there also.
1: Well, I suppose if he wanted to also end his career in the I don't care where I play now as long as you pay me. Oh boy, Vegas could certainly be the star attraction there where they have a marquee player already in the system and you figure the folks that are coming from all over the country to play Vegas. um, Wow, that could actually be a a ready-made place for him as well.
0: How about this since you brought Vegas? Something just popped in my mind as soon as you said Vegas. If they traded for him, they gave up a high second round pick since they got the top second round pick. They give up a high second, which I think would be fair. Uh, they're not going to want to give up the number one or the number one that they have, I should say. They're not going to want to do that. But uh, the number, second round, the number one, I think that'd be fair for both sides. Um, capitals could relieve a lot of. Uh, The money where they could sign some other players to just for draft picks to bring those in. But if they have a stud Soviet player there, what does that do to bring all these KHL really high end players already signed one? That would be so easy. And I think we could be very close to seeing uh, the Red Army 2.0.
1: Interestingly enough, now that you bring that up, they may actually leave the KHL anyway, because as we were talking last time, uh, you mentioned a couple of Russian teams. Uh, I know that uh, the bottom line is that the league is in financial trouble now. And I didn't realize it, but there are a lot of players that literally have not been paid for three to four months now. And some of them are looking to recover some of those losses and jump Uh, from the KHL to the NHL. So I don't know how bad that bleeding is, but we may see a flood of uh, Russians entering this year's draft.
0: Yeah, two teams have announced officially they're gone, they're done. Uh, And uh, reading a couple others, I will read some KHL news and then use Google Translate. So it's kind of wonky sometimes, but you can get kind of the just. And rumors are two more teams are on solid footing twofold. fold So they could lose four teams. If you just think four teams, you know, right then and there, you know, that's uh, about uh, 60 players um, easily, you know, and marquee really good players. You're probably talking about 10, you know, eight to 10 good players thinking to a team. Every team usually has two really decent players that could start for an NHL team. So that would be 10 high-end players coming in, and a team like Las Vegas that has no team and all their money to spend, they would be just ripe for being solid. I'm just curious how many players they take in this expansion draft. They're going to take exclusively just to trade for draft picks, which would be very smart. Uh, and then get young, 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 just blowed up on young and try to be good this year, be good in two years with a ton of young players.
1: All right, so I was just taking a quick look at seeing how many uh, uh, teams they currently have in their league. So I thought there was 14, or actually I thought there were 16 teams, but if they lose four, they're down to 10 in that league. So, um, yeah, this is this could be kind of devastating for them.
0: Yeah, like I said, two are sure the other two don't know. It's just kind of rumors right now. So, uh, yeah, and, and I was going to say, do you ever watch any KHL games?
1: No, I do know that they show up every once in a while on the Fox 1 network, but uh really haven't seen very much of it.
0: Yeah, I I really watched a lot in September cuz they start a month before the NHL. And that's when I start when the training camp starts, I start jonesing for good hockey. Albeit, out of the major sports, preseason, hockey is generally the best for preseason. It's still not a regular season game. doesn't feel the same. They don't act the same. They're not. Everybody knows it. But KHL is right there, and we're getting some great, great games.
1: Oh, I stand corrected. There are actually 29 teams. All right. That's there. That feels a little bit better. But even so, losing losing four teams brings them down to 25. So eh, it's kind of like the, the NHL in the way. The top eight teams in each division go to the playoffs. So there you go.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought that was you when you said that. I was like, uh, wait a second am I missing something here? Didn't, didn't, didn't I catch something else about other teams folding or something like that, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah I haven't paid much attention to the KHL since October, but, boy, did I miss something? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the the, um, the team I follow really close is the uh, locomotive. Uh, basically, they were the team, people a lot of people know, years ago, that plane crashed and the entire team basically was killed.
1: Oh, yes, I remember that.
0: Yeah, that's when uh, I really didn't have a team. I just watched the KHL and uh, kind of became a fan after that. So, uh, but yeah, but Petersburg won, um, or they're going to host the Army Men uh, victory parade. So, don't know what that is. Just saw the announcement.
1: So, do you want to comment on the other um, issue with Ovechkin and Gary Bettman?
0: Ah, uh, you can go for that one. I'm going to get a drink here.
1: Well, not so surprising, Uh, a couple of weeks back when the players were talking about wanting to play in the Olympics, uh, I believe that Ovechkin was one of the first players saying, oh, without a doubt, I'm totally playing. And then the NHL said, no, you're not, you'll be fined. And that came up again today. And so apparently, Bettman is planning on speaking with the owner of the Capitals with the intent of if you say, if you allow Ovechkin to go uh you can prepare your team for some heavy fines so uh, i'm wondering in some ways if you know maybe unloading him is probably going to get rid of two problems at once one they can get some high draft picks for him and two they could get rid of the potential political nightmare this will be for them
0: yeah that's what i'm saying he's in uh <sighs> Capitals are in a good place. Like I said, the rebuilding might be very quick for them if they wanted to go down this road, if they did. Um, One year of, eh. But then I think, like you said, they got a young little core kind of going on there and then some older pieces. They spent a year trading those older pieces in. Very fast rebuild. I think they'd be back up. So now the question for you, did you uh, watch the game that was on last night, game one of the Stanley Cup?
1: I did not. I was running errands, but I had it on the radio, and when it got to 3 to nothing, I turned off the radio.
0: (laughs) Well, just what we were talking about last week, about an offsides call gets called, has nothing to do with the play. It's barely even a a nuisance when P.K. Subban gets called offsides for having like half a skate over the line, wasn't even near him, nothing to do with anything. I think he was even standing still. Uh, yeah, it, boy, yeah, he was offsides. I'm not going to say that. But stuff like this just really changes the momentum, and I'm going to stick to that too, what I was talking last week about wanting to get rid of uh, the challenging of that.
1: Well, from what I understand, Batman and the NHL think, well, it's only impacted 22% of the games this year, and this is one of those games I suppose that is included. But I don't think you're going to find many supporters for that, uh, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, it, it's not going to go anywhere, but, uh, it, it, it just changes the, the, the aspects of the game so much on stuff like this. So, especially if you're a Nashville fan, you're like, what the, you know, but, uh, uh, last night, the better team did win. If you watch the game, the better team won. Would have been a lot better of a game, uh, I think if that wouldn't have happened, but,
1: uh, yeah. Well, from what I saw, the game winner on, um, Uh, NHL tonight uh, I saw that uh, the last the shot that went in that killed them honestly that really should have been stopped so I don't know if Rene just decided that he had had enough and stopped playing or what but uh, that is not a goal you lose the game on yeah
0: yeah it's and it just had to be hard on Nashville too. They're they're so close. They've been you know just getting like knocked around for years, of having a good team, and just this close into losing there. But right now Pittsburgh is just such a juggernaut. There it it's dang. It's just you know I was really hoping that old pro wrestling thing they used to always say in seven. You know. You know, the irresistible force meets the immovable object. It's going to happen, you know. And uh, I was really hoping this was the juggernaut, you know, just going against, you know, stifling, you know, punch-you-in-the-face defense. And game one was not that. Uh was not that at all.
1: You know, try as you might, I'm, I'm just going to be petty here. I don't respect the Penguins. I don't care for anything that they do. I think that this is just a... A sham of a team. I really think that, unfortunately, if this is the best that the NHL has this year, I'll just file it away. And I mean, I I support Nashville in this. I I'm hoping that they win, but let's face it, you're correct. I mean, the firepower is there. I mean, Malkin is just unbelievable. I I just think that he's just an incredible player. Maybe not as uh, highly uh, mentioned as maybe Sidney Crosby, but I don't like Crosby. He's just such a crier. Uh, Kunitz is just a fraud. I mean, I have nothing really positive to say, but. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Nashville will surprise me. We'll see.
0: Yeah, there's a website out there, and I forgot it. I haven't been there in over a year. It, it's all devoted to how much uh, um, Sid the Kid cries and uh, gets uh, gets over on stuff. And uh, I remember, uh, was it last year, the year before in the play? I forgot. Uh, but they had a big thing on there showing what a favoritism he got. And, and he still gets it quite a bit, you know. He'll cry when somebody touches his stick, you know. And he gets a call. Well, he'll he'll, he'll like full swing at somebody in the back of the legs, and they say, "Oh, no penalty it was an accident. He was moving." Like what? Uh, so I, I agree with you there, but uh, yeah, um, I, I will give credit where credits due. Pittsburgh is a good team. They're a good team, uh, and, and I, I really I don't like them. Um, it's hard for me to say that, uh, but they're a good team, and sometimes I think they're good. Uh, you just think that something's wrong with everybody else because they're so good. But right now, I just think we're watching a really good team. And, and I don't like saying that. I'm kind of like you. I don't like pits the Penguins. Um, it's nothing against the Penguins team itself. Just some of the players on there rub me the wrong way. Uh, maybe that's similar to you, but it, it's kind of like that for me. So, it, yeah, but I'll admit they're a good team.
1: Yeah, and when the day is done, the fact of the matter is, is that beat them that's all that has to happen but you know they got this far and you know they they took advantage of a nashville team that probably was uh taken aback on that first goal that got called back and yeah you know what it it set the tone they played through it they in fact at one point they scored two goals in 65 seconds so how do you overcome that
0: yeah so now here's another question for you that i do not know baseball I prefer listening to it on radio, uh, and I like watching it on TV. Secondly, so I much prefer the radio broadcast. Hockey depends on who's calling the game. If it's a good, good, you know, calling, I really like the radio. But like in Dallas, and there's a few markets like this where there's only one broadcast. The TV audio is just piped right into uh, the radio. So so the Dallas market, I I don't like the radio. So do you uh, like the radio or TV better for watching or listening to a game?
1: Well, roughly 12 years ago, it would have been radio, hands down. Boston actually had uh, a couple of personalities that really made it worthwhile listening to radio. We lost Bob Wilson, who was the uh, person who called uh, the Bruins uh, games a uh, complete professional. I actually had the uh, luxury of actually meeting him when I was covering the Bruins many years ago uh, for the hockey news. And the guy was a professional. And the best part about it is that um, despite the fact that he covered the Bruins He wasn't a hometown guy, meaning uh, his parallel, his opposite was actually Johnny Most, who was a complete homer for the Boston Celtics. But Bob Wilson gave you a good, even game. And uh, holy smoke, I just missed that. that. That is the thing I miss the most these days.
0: Okay, you lost me like in your second sentence there. Did you say you worked for the Hockey News?
1: I did. I covered the Boston Bruins from nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty
0: six. I did not know that. How did? I, because I've been a long time hockey news thing. You know, even way back when it was like a pamphlet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, man, I did not know that. So uh, I don't know how I missed that.
1: Oh, that's all right. Because there's nowhere you would have seen me anyway. Because I work for Stan the Man Fischler. Um, he was looking, he needed eyes and ears in every rink in the NHL and people like me love the game and we did it for free. And so he would make sure that we got in with press credentials and, uh, Oh, I'll tell you, um, uh, looking back on that, there are a few things that I wish I could have done differently. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is I took it and enjoyed it for what I had and even parlayed an interview with Wayne Gretzky. Oh, even better.
0: Okay, since you were in that situation, what's your opinion on letting podcast people get press credentials?
1: You know what? I think that any kind of, um, I'm for it. I'm completely for it because anything that furthers the game and you know people have a a good good uh, show, I don't see any reason why they can't uh, hand those out because. You know, the interesting aspect of it is when you look at some of the sports writers they allow in there, holy smoke, uh, to call them people is actually discrediting people.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I'm for it too, but I think they could have the right to, because uh, the newspaper, okay, the newspaper still functioning. Okay, Joe Smith, you're in. Look at the podcast if you're wondering. It's been published recently, you know, and it's going on and it's not on episode one or two. You know, just so somebody get a free game and pump out two episodes. I don't see why they can't handle a couple more uh, credentials, but they just hold on to those. If you got a podcast, unless you have the name ESPN or Fox Sports next to it for a podcast, forget it.
1: However, you know what it won't stop me from doing? is actually checking with the minor league affiliates because I went to a um, Sea C-Dogs game this past Saturday at an all-you-could-eat event, apparently. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there, and I think that if it means exposure to fans, I think they'd be all over it. And you know what? I'll totally take that to the test this week.
0: Okay, you had an assignment, too, speaking of that. I almost forgot. How much did you eat? I want to break down. Come on, come on.
1: Oh boy. So I ate the first hamburger and realized I had made a horrible mistake. We were riding up from Boston. We took Route 1 and we were passing all these amazing seafood restaurants that were charging like 6 bucks for a lobster roll. I get to this place to eat. That hamburger was so overcooked and ah, oh, I I ate two hamburgers, a hot dog, a chicken sandwich, and a sea biscuit, which is actually an ice cream sandwich, and that was a total regret
0: that that's a good amount of food i I give you a plus for that amount of food I do you passed
1: well, the worst part about it is I did it fifteen minutes,
0: <laughs> oh man, okay, a plus on that then,
1: so there's no shame there, but what I did enjoy is that. Uh, it's It was a minor league game through and through. I mean, it was double-A ball. They're the affiliate for the Red Sox. And the seating there, what I enjoyed was we sat in the outfield, and the seats were arranged in a way that you actually have a ledge. There's three seats to a section, and each section has uh, five sets of of sections in there. So there's... Uh, there was nobody around us, um, and the chairs are kind of like patio furniture, which meant that you had a fair amount of room. I It could have easily sat somebody twice my size comfortably. And uh, uh, you know what? I totally love the game. A- and uh, this was, if you've never been to a minor league game, go. It's cheap, and you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah, pretty close to us here. We got the Frisco Rough Riders double A for uh, the Rangers. Uh, and they're pretty. They're, they're probably about 20, 30 minutes away. So uh, uh, we usually try to hit up some games. And here's a cool thing, since the stadium's, you know, like 30, 40 minutes away from the Rangers where the Rangers play, you know, in this both in this Dallas area, is anytime the big players need a spot spark one or two or something like that or a couple games or a game before they go back to the majors because of injury reserve, they don't go down to Round Rock to the triple A team to the Round Rock Express. Uh they actually go right to double A Frisco. It's right there. They play. And so usually you can own advance. So you can like uh, last year uh nephew's in town and found out uh um oh man Rangers ace pitcher. Oh my mind's going blank right now. Um shoot uh you know, he's from Japan. My mind is going blank. Uh, Dor- Darvish. Darvish. Thank you. I have no idea why that is. Darvish was pitching, so we got a couple of tickets and went to it. And so standing right there, you know, when he was warming up, because it was so close. You know, you're like ten feet away, go around and watching him pitch. You know, and you could just after like two batters, when he settled in you could see the difference between a double-A player and an ace for a Major League Baseball team, you know. Um, so, yeah, we have a double-A team here, too, and uh, you are correct. Uh, they are fun to go to.
1: Well, the best part about it is that you saw a Major League pitcher for roughly maybe 10 to $14, and the best part about it is that you didn't have to see him at, at Rangers Stadium where you're probably, probably – 35 to 50 and you're not even remotely close to him.
0: Oh, and it even got better. It was uh they didn't announce this before the game. Um Beltre was coming off too. So that game Beltre actually played the entire game at third base that game. So that was cool. So we got to see Beltre, you know, and Darvish.
1: <laughs> For a cost of what? A soda.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got uh, really good seats. I think they were fourteen dollars, maybe fifteen dollars, and uh, the really good seats. Uh, put it, you know, put it this way. You know, we could hear, you know, uh, when the umpire was talking to the batter coming up and stuff like that.
1: Well, one one quick note I will make of the uh, double A game. You're right. The big difference between a lot of this too is how they play the game. Interestingly enough, uh, I still think that a lot of the, the players are still learning the basics in some respect because... At one point, well, actually, this happened three times in the game. Not once on a fly ball did any of the players talk to each other out there. And that is so important because, you know, even though it was a shallow fly ball to right field, the center fielder should have at least been talking to the right fielder or at least the infielder coming out the ball should have been aware of that. And uh, communications is kind of key in the coaching. Boy, is that really suspect.
0: Yeah, it's, if, if you're like baseball, you know, MLB.tv, everybody knows about that, all the games. They have one for the minors, and it's like $30, 35 for almost every minor league, you know, single, double, and triple A team. You know, it's like $30, $35, bucks, you know, streamed, you know, uh, and a little different, you know. Obviously, there's no commercials, but... Uh, you. Most of the feeds isn't like a TV feed. It's the live feed into the stadium. So, like, between batters, they might show, like, a, you know, a Doritos bag, you know, advertising. Or when they shoot to the fans, you know, the fan kiss cam and stuff like that. You'll go to that, which is kind of cool. So, you get a little more of the I'm there feed feeling. And you'll, they'll show a lot of the competitions, you know, between the innings, you know, the races they have and the spin around on the bat to your dizzy and stuff like that. So it's actually pretty good. So check out M I L B as in minor M I L B uh, dot TV or.com. I forget what it is. So really good every day. There's about 30 games. So if you're a baseball fan, that's cheap, 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 cheap entertainment.
1: And you can bring the family.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's for and you'll get all the games uh past uh up until uh the preseason starts uh next year. So off-season you can still watch archived all the games. So, anything else with hockey you want to bring up?
1: No, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, there were some rumblings around Ottawa and their uh look at next year. Uh the highlight or the one thing to note there is that they're actually trying to talk uh, uh, Fanoof. Uh, from waiving his uh, no-trade clause, which is interesting because it sounds like they want to move him. So that's something on the radar. And then there was some talk on the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs front about how they're preparing for the off-season. And Babcock, he's not really interested in trading or anything. They feel that the team that they put together this year was much more successful than they anticipated, and all they need at this point is playing time.
0: Um, I kind of agree with that with the Maple Leafs. Uh, Ottawa, boy, first of all, will he do that? I think what he'll do is he'll give him a list of like six, eight teams. These are okay, and I want to just talk to them first. But other than that, I don't think he's just going to give him a carte blanche. I want out of here
1: no and what the real reason for uh them wanting to move him is uh they don't want to protect him uh when las vegas comes calling because right now they feel confident in the roster that they have and let's face it, I don't think he's lived up to the hype anywhere he's played. And I think the problem is is that he signs for big money. The expectations are so big, he doesn't match any of them. And I think he's back into that same rut with Ottawa uh, that dogged him everywhere he's gone. And let's face it, I think that if he's looking for a clean start, Vegas might be the place for it. But you're right, he's not going to allow that.
0: Yeah, and... Tell me if I'm wrong here. Didn't I read that when they asked him about that? He says, "Hey, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I make too much to be uh, to be grabbed." Didn't? Wasn't he the one that said that?
1: He was. I'm pretty sure he's thinking something differently now.
0: Exactly. So uh, th- this it, it's kind of catch twenty two. If you're Ottawa, you're letting a, a key player go, but for what he's making to the key player, I might dangle him out there if I was Ottawa for Las Vegas to grab.
1: Or anybody who's star for defenseman this year because the only free agent returning to the market is uh, Shattenkirk, um, who left the Blues for the for the Capitals, and uh, the Capitals will not be able to retain him.
0: Yeah, thinking of a team that's close, that needs defense, and I hate bringing up Dallas, but they're right there. Um, if you were Dallas, what would you give up?
1: Oh. <sighs> That's a good question. What would you give up?
0: Would you give up your – because you got the number three overall and you got like the 29th, 30th, whatever it is, uh, Anaheim's. And then you have turnaround and you have like the 34th, whatever it is, or 35th, the third pick in the second round. Would you give up that third pick in the second round for him?
1: No, not at all. In fact, I think uh, what I would probably say is that as far as Dallas is concerned – I think they can ride out the storm. This is actually one of the worst free agent classes going out there this year. Shattenkirk will be overpaid by somebody. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, I don't think Dallas is actually in the market for, somebody, for an overpriced defenseman. And clearly, I don't know if he's going to be that kind of impact player anyway. However, that being said, uh, oh, do you? Ah, could he come back? We'll see.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of young defense in Dallas. Uh, that basically all year, you, you, that's who you saw because of injuries. Young defense, and they were starting to step up towards the end of the season. You could kind of see that in the record towards the end. So I think you're right. I don't think they would. Um, I I really think – I don't think is going to get any trade bait for him. And my guess is they are going to dangle him out there. Uh, For Las Vegas and and does Las Vegas want the name. I think that's what's going to key Because pretty much any general manager is gonna say I don't know if he's worth the money But do they want that name? That's gonna be the key
1: well looking to my hometown team of Boston I think that this year, if they if they keep Chara around, and they will, uh, I think that this is the year to take him off the front line and put him on maybe the second or third line and allow kids like McAvoy and Krug to actually run the show. Because I think, you know, there are I think Chara still has a few things he can give to the team, but he's no longer a, a top defenseman. I saw him get burned so many times last year. Players are literally skating by him. They're much too fast. Even his long reach used to negate that, no more. Players are on to him, and I think that if he you know, plays less, he could have a, a, ba- a bigger jump in his step near the end of the season. So uh, I think that's where they need to go.
0: For me, I think he is one of the few players in the NHL would, that would take that in stride not be angry, not be upset, and just do it. Because what I hear, you always hear really good things about, you know, Char, you always hear good things about what kind of a guy he is. And I think he's one of the few players that won't complain and moan to try to get out of, you know, to a new team. Uh, You know, I I think he'll take that and actually honestly be happy about it because what I hear about him.
1: Uh, you're right. I mean, I think that, if anything, you only hear good things. So he's he's a team player. I mean, the Bruins no doubt know what they have in him, and he's, I think, worth keeping. He will do what it is to keep his job. And, you know, I don't see him going anywhere at this point. He will retire a Bruin. And I'm hoping that's also true of Bergeron down the road.
0: Yeah, well, wh- what would you trade for Chara if you look at a team out there? I don't know. You know, anything somebody would give up for Chara. It would almost be an insult to Boston to mention it. So, you know, I, I, that's why I don't think he's going to go anywhere unless he gets cut, which you, you're not going to see.
1: No, and, uh, yeah, I think w- I think ultimately, you know, I see him transitioning as a defensive coach when his playing days are done. Uh, I see that. Or he'll do something with the Czech Olympic team.
0: I was going to say he's going to go right to the KHL. I was going to say that. And then uh, three, four years in the KHL, he'll come back to the NHL in some fashion. Unless he takes an office position temporarily in the Boston, you know, uh, whether it's uh, PR where he learns the business and he's an assistant coach that you don't see on the ice for a year or two. Then I see him getting a bigger role in the coaching. Uh, If he gets one of those, you know, PR slash coach's helper you know what I mean uh, I I see that in Boston since he's liked by the team he's liked by the fans and in the most part he's liked by most NHL players you know yeah he's, he did a couple cheap shots here and there but anybody that plays defense for that long is going to be the uh, same thing with like the Harper brothers you know for the North Stars I guess they did play down here in Dallas for a year or two uh, same way with them everybody loved them but you're playing defense and you're a hard player, you're going to get some cheap shots in at other players now and then. But as a whole, he's liked. So I think that PR, Coach's Helper, would be a fantastic role for him.
1: Without a doubt. Without a doubt.
0: Well, anything else before we cut this podcast off?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. How about two quick things? Um, You were talking about surprises in the major leagues this year, Major League Baseball. So your team you mentioned was? Uh,
0: Houston Astros. And here's why I say that. Yes, they have a good team. Dallas just got off a 10 game win streak, 10 game win streak, you know, and I think it ended up being 11 if I remember and just, it was just right on. And during that whole time, you know, they were just lights out the Rangers. They only moved up two games (laughs) on them. You know, Houston is playing lights out. I knew they were good, but you're watching them now. They are clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, If they're suspecting somewhere, maybe their relief could be a little deeper, you know. But other than that, uh, their bats are good. Their on-base percentage is good. Their starting pitching is good. Their bats are good. So it, it it it's they're looking good right now.
1: So I had a, an unusual place where I got my information about the Astros, and it was actually an article in Bloomberg Magazine three years ago. Uh, they highlighted uh, the teams in Texas, and uh, they came around to the Astros, and they said, here's why the Astros are going to win, and it's their front office. And it was amazing because this article is actually on point in just about every aspect from the players that they were grooming in the minors to the trades that they made to stock the minors. And I think another big key acquisition was actually not a player, but Nolan Ryan, because look at all of the years that he had assisted. uh Um, Texas with their team. And it was really unfortunate that they ended on such a bad note because I know he would have loved to have stayed uh, with the Rangers. But that just didn't work out. And now he's doing front office with Houston. And it's no surprise that that team overall is doing well. On a fantasy note, uh, I actually tried to get uh, Ketchel as one of my starting pitchers, but ended up with McCullers, which was not too bad. And I had traded for Charlie Morton, although he did go on the DL uh, on by surprise this week. But you know what? The uh, Houston pitchers are, are right where it's at. So uh, I wasn't surprised, but I am glad to see them with this kind of success.
0: Yeah, and it was nothing the Rangers did, per se, to Nolan Ryan. He just lost the bid he lost the bid to buy the Rangers, him and his partner. And that rubbed him the wrong way. He quit the next day and went to Houston like two days later. So the Rangers really didn't do anything. Speaking of the Rangers, have you seen at the Ranger game, he has season tickets, he used to be an owner. Do you see who's starting to photobomb the TV crew and the camera people? Do you take pictures? Do you see who's starting to photobomb people and photographs?
1: Tell me it's George Bush
0: it's w baby (laughs) some people started noticing it all of a sudden you know he's in these backgrounds standing up and everything and they kind of asked him and he says if i see the camera i'm gonna photobomb you oh yeah he says uh i can do that now so uh love that whether you like him politically or not that is just flipping awesome
1: well when you've taken the highest position in the country if not the world what's there left to do
0: yeah, just photobomb. Um, but speaking of that, and they they about every fourth, fifth game they have a little thing, and they show a new. Uh, do you see what he's doing um, now? Pretty much full time. W. No. He is. He. Do you know he's a painter?
1: Oh yes, yes, I've seen those.
0: Very good painter. Um, when he was in office, anybody that died while they were in the service, he's starting right down the line. He's painting a picture of every one of them and donating it to the family. I think that's just, that's just great. You know, that that is very cool, very, very cool to do. Uh, so uh, yeah, so if you can see something, he's pretty good. Better than I thought. First, I thought it was some kind of gimmick, you know, type thing. Any ex-president could just like throw paint on a page and that's art and they sell it for a lot of money, but he actually has a little talent there.
1: So moving aside off of that, the question I had is, are you actually playing fantasy baseball this year?
0: Yes, this year I only have one team. Normally I have about three. This year, just time, commitments and stuff. uh, Because baseball fantasy takes a little more time than football. Um, And I can honestly say having one team, I'm actually doing better than when I try to do three. Because I'm spending a little more time on, on that one team.
1: Well, I went with one team this year, too, because I didn't want I didn't want to get into a position where I was managing my fantasy baseball team more than I was managing my retirement fund. So putting that in perspective. But uh, as far as some of the surprising players for you this year that you normally didn't pick, um, who was somebody that showed up on your team kind of by surprise and and has performed better than you thought?
0: Well, I picked a couple of these up out of necessity, not out of want in the beginning. And right now I'm actually happy. Um, For some reason, um, I was in an auction and the pitchers were just going, the top line pitchers were just going ridiculous price, just stupid price. So my outfield and my infield is stacked. I mean, stacked. Um, matter of fact, I've had uh, um, Beltray on, on the injured reserve this whole time. And hey, you know, Gallo's been, Gallo is my weakest link in my offense right now. Uh, and he is second in home runs in the American League. So that kind of tells you how stacked I am. So my pitching was eh. So the only team I paid attention to who I thought had a chance of doing decent was actually, believe it or not, the Rangers, since I was here listening to a lot of the radio. So I actually picked up uh, Griffin, uh, Kaschner, and Martinez. And right now the Rangers' starting pitcher is second in baseball, you know, the, for the starting pitchers for quality starts and length and ERA. So really lucked out. That was not by, oh, I'm a Ranger homer, purely by, by I didn't have much of a choice. Those are the only ones are really new. And I, at first I says I'm going to take them. I can get one round and then because, you know, there's always three to four pitchers you can pick up second or third week of the year that you start to see clicking. That was my plan all along, but I really haven't had to do too much of that. Although that Martinez spot is pretty much a floating spot. um, I pretty much drop that that my uh, fifth starter every day and I just pick up a probable starter. You know, for that day, so I get one person pitching every game, and that helps my points a little. Um, normally, unless if there's if they're really bad pitcher, no, in, in, no, not at all. I make sure their WHIP is you know at least below you know uh, one three if I'm gonna yank them up uh, uh, off that. So because sometimes I'm getting some of these pitchers that percent owns only like twenty two percent. You know, so it's, but uh, some of the players out there that you can quality like. Uh, I I picked up one of the pitchers because it was a ranger because I knew him was Bush. You know, he's still only out there at like 20, 30% of teams. But uh, for uh, starts, I mean, for saves, he's right up there with everybody in saves. So that was why not by choice, like I said, just by, I had to, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> Pitching was just going stupid at this auction.
1: So I have two quick questions for you regarding Texas players. First, what's the future of Joey Gallo? Because I picked him up as a third baseman because my third base position was was terrible this year. And second, what do you think about Martin Perez?
0: Okay. Perez right now, I'll start with him, is he is going to be that starter that this is going to sound really, really like. Let me finish, though. Players like Perez is how you win, uh, in my opinion, win the champions in the fantasy baseball. He's not known too well, not out there too well. And you can, one of two things, he will just consistently give you points every now and then he won't, you know, he'll just like, you know, but for the most part, he'll just for lower pitching order, he's there. And secondly, if he starts to become where he's starting to be a point master, he's huge, huge, Huge trade bait where you can pick somebody else that might be close, but to fill another need. So Perez, I think, is good. I have him stashed on mine, too. Uh, Here's a good thing about Joey Gallo, and he's available, too, for a lot of you people out there in most of the leagues. I think last time I checked on ESPN, he was was like 30-some percent only. So he just slid. He's such a hot start. He just slid right over to first base, and Napoli's had a slow start. So they're what they had planned all along was Napoli and Gallo were going to trade off first base depending on if it was a right-hand pitcher or a left-hand pitcher since Joey Gallo's left-handed and Napoli's uh, right. But uh, Napoli has such a slow start, and then uh, Beltre was injured, they just kept him at third base. So here's where Joey Gallo becomes valuable. He's now... Entrenched in third base where he can fill in any time, he's entrenched in first base where he's going to be playing most of the time, and he can play he can play right or left field, so he can spot start in the outfield. So, it, with his bat, they're going to try to get him in somewhere, and and if they can't, they need a day off. I think he's going to be a DH, and that's where he's going to become really valuable because he's going to play an outfield at some time. Because every team, the outfielders get those hamstrings all the time, so he's going to play out there. So in probably about three weeks now, it's about my rough three to maybe four, definitely by all-star break, you're going to be able to slot him in third base, first base, designated hitter, or outfield. So that's where he becomes very valuable. All those positions just stick him in.
1: So here's one of the trends that I see in a lot of baseball players this year. I see players exactly like him because right now he's got 16 home runs and 33 RBIs, which is phenomenal. He's also got a 205 batting average, which is killing me. But the funny thing is is I've also got Chris Davis from Oakland, who's kind of the same thing. You know, he's got the double digits RBIs and home runs, but he's lucky if he's batting over 200.
0: I think he's gonna. His average is gonna pick up because uh, since he's having a such a uh, good start, they're gonna use him to protect Beltray or Beltray to protect him. More than likely, him to protect Beltray. So they're gonna pitch around Beltray a little bit because he just came off like swinging good his first game back last night, and so then they're gonna have to pitch to Gallo because now they're. I don't want to say pitching around him, but he. Um, he's been the one solid person after the first week who's been pretty solid almost every game, except for the average. And the Rangers knew with him, he's always going to have a little lower average because he's going to strike out a little bit. But he is going to, you know, last night he had, what, uh, 450, 460 shot. He's going to have just those, you know, just off the bat, like, dang. So average is going to come up because uh, they're going to use him to protect Beltray. I do believe.
1: Well, then it's cemented. I'm going to keep Gallo, because I don't have to worry about my third base position anymore. And uh, I'm going to pick up Martin Perez and drop... um, Oh, um, I just picked him up, too. Uh, Garza, actually. He had gotten off to a good start, but then the last two starts, he's been terrible. So uh, I know it's pulling the trigger a little quickly, but Garza's 33. Whatever he had left, I think, is long gone. And I think Perez is is going to have much more value the longer the season goes on. So ah, you've made my decision for me.
0: I'm taking no responsibility if my uh, opinions are wrong. (laughs) Like I said, I'm just thinking that because I see good things. I think not this year. I think towards the middle of next year, and the year after, he's going to really hit his stride. I don't think he'll ever be an ace, but I think he's going to be one of those pitchers where he'll go to another team after the Rangers. Um, so many good pitchers do this with the Rangers. It's unflippin' believable. And they become that really solid two, number two to number four pitcher. Really solid in that position. Just slot him in, and he's good to go. And I think in a, uh, not next year, but the year after, I think that's what he's going to be. And that's right about the time he's a free agent. Like, so many aces out there. Uh, I think it was, you remember a few years ago when the Rangers went back-to-back World Series? One of the games, I didn't even know this, the Rangers had more aces on their team in the past than any other team in baseball that now pitch for other players. That's their other team's ace. It happens so much out there, you know. They'll either nurse them back to health in the minors for three, four years, and they have, like, half a good year, and they become a free agent or they become the first free agent, you know, they can, they're gone. So it's just frustrating sometimes.
1: Well, I think with Martin, I can't go too wrong with him because uh, the thing is, is that if he loses a game, he's not destroying me like some of these other players are because, I mean, what I'm looking for is, you know, let's face it, I'm lucky, I've got Kershaw on my team, and when he loses, he doesn't cost you like two or three runs or more than that. Um but some of the other pitchers when they lose they lose big and i need to have that stop and perez he loses some games from time to time but he's not going to kill you with uh you know outlandish R- era or whip so uh, i think he's worth the gamble yeah another thing
0: about the rangers in their system is uh, pretty much everybody you know has that one game two games in the year where it's starting to be a blowout win if they say just Take it on the chin for the team and just stay out there. Rangers do not believe in that ever, you know. So they're one of the few teams that are constantly bringing uh, pitchers up and down, up and down, up and down in the background, you know, as much as they can, you know, before they lose the rights to do that. So uh, so their bullpen is fresh. So that's a good thing there. So uh, odds are, and with Martinez's psyche right now is they do not want him to... Uh, get that you know really bad feeling in his mouth. So uh, I, if he does have a blowout, I think it's just going to be one of those fluke things. You know, four or five runs in an inning, they pull him, and that'll probably be about it. That's you know could maybe not, but that's they're going to have a really tight string on him. So,
1: all right, well that certainly stretched things out a little longer. But uh, this is good information for me, so I apologize to our listeners out there if it was all about me.
0: <laughs> that's right. So, uh, good. And on that note, uh, if you guys ever want to join us, please, please, please join us. Uh, even if you don't want to talk, you can just sit in the background and every uh, 10 minutes and go, Tracy, you're stupid. Hey, that's fine. I can live with that. Email Tracy at Podmas.com. Same with questions, comments, questions, and concerns. Just let us know, too. If you want to get a hold of Bruce, send it to me, and I'll forward it over to him. So, that's it. Everybody have uh, enjoy the This episode, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, downloading and listening to it. Everybody have a good day, good week.